You're listening to the You Got Jobbed podcast. This is episode 10. Hi, this is Suzanne, and welcome to the You Got Jobbed podcast. I'm here with Stephen. Stephen, can you introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Stephen Horvath. Um, I spoke to you several years ago, um, and you interviewed me through McSweeney's uh, when I was a head lice technician. I am somewhat sad to report that I am no longer <laughs> in that uh, illustrious field, but um, that's how we first came in contact. Yeah, I'm sad too. I I looked, it was uh, September 2010, and actually, I have a 10-year-old daughter, so it's um, it's more near and dear to my heart now, because sometimes I'll wash her hair, and I'll be like, is that lice? Is that lice? And uh, really, it's just filth, <laughs> but I don't know how I would know the difference, so. Constant uh, vigilance. Um, if the sill is running around, you've got a problem. Um Otherwise, you should be good. I do think that I now hear so much commotion about bed bugs that it sort of elbowed lice out <laughs> as the like in vogue infestation. Totally. Um, and as not a parent myself, I feel like it's an important part of childhood to get as many weird bugs and creatures on you as possible. I may totally reevaluate that stance if I was in charge of cleaning up um kids <laughs> full time but but um but I do think that it, it feels like a an important rite of passage. So I, I hesitate to say that I hope she does get them, but <laughs> but if so, I hope that everyone can keep their sense of humor about it, at least in retrospect. No, I don't think I can. And in fact, like in your <laughs> interview you're like there's some parents who are like shave the head parents and other parents who are like hire you kind of parents and Boy, that would be quite a struggle. Oh, well, uh, anyway, I don't want to talk. I'll talk about myself a little bit, but I want to talk about you. So um, let's see. So you, this was, I talked to you in September 2010. So at that point, how long or how long total did you do this job? And, and what exactly was the job? Yeah, so I did the job for almost a full calendar year. Um, I The job was, the official job t title was head lice technician. Um, and I always had the line that I wasn't sort of the the in charge of lice technician, but rather we just focused on head lice, no sort of pubic lice or body lice or any other sort of personal um, critters crawling around. I'm sorry um, to interrupt you. What yeah. I, what, oh my God, I didn't think about, you can, is this, <laughs> now this is getting into the territory of like crabs and stuff, but are you saying that people get lice down there? Like, uh, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. totally do. I'm so naive. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go back. I'm they sorry. absolutely do. Um, I don't. I'm not as knowledgeable. Uh, I will correct that immediately after this interview is over <laughs> on what to do in that situation. I think sort of a similar uh, series, but basically, lice have been with us for as long as people have been around and have had hair. Um, which sort of makes sense because all sorts of animals have different mites and different bugs that find hospitable environments in their, um, on their hides or in their, you know, their manes and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, all helping each other out. Your home is my home, that sort of thing. They've been there a as long as forever. Um, those are the pretty much the only two places on human bodies that you get them. I guess they can sort of crawl down into facial hair if you have a, a beard or, or enough of it. Um, but those are the only two places generally on humans that are dense enough to support a lice population. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So you're a head lice technician and that, that entailed... Yeah, so that entailed. Well, the other thing I will say is that generally they are not related. So if you get one, it doesn't mean that you're going to get the other or they're going to sort of migrate north or south as the seasons change. Hmm. Um, but uh, so rest assured in that way, at least. So um, as head lice technicians, what we would do is we worked for um, a company 
that would market their services to schools um, and other groups, uh, but also to individuals. And we basically did the work that you would imagine parents would have normally done in any other situation, um, or um, maybe even school nurses. So generally, uh, kids would have been identified as having lice. Oftentimes that happens at school, but it's certainly possible that um, fastidious parents could have noticed it. And then if they didn't have the time or the interest or the expertise um, to to rid their kids of lice, because it's a, sort of a long, complicated process. It's mostly just labor intensive. It doesn't require a ton of critical thinking. Um, but um, but if they weren't able or not interested to do that and they could afford these services, then we would do that. So we both, uh, we both went into individuals' homes and we would also occasionally go into schools, um, especially private schools or folks that weren't contracted with like the New York City public school nurses. I don't know anything about that sort of legislation or what's in their purview now, but at least then there were communities of kids that weren't covered under that. Because um, when I was younger, we had like someone come three or four times a year in elementary school and sort of dig through our hair with pencils. Yeah. It was this great massage that I always loved. And just a period where everyone had to be quiet. So that I can't imagine that the teachers weren't into it too. But um, but that doesn't always happen in all schools. So some, some sometimes we would also go into to schools like that. Because the lice tend to, as sort of makes sense, uh, be grouped together. And if one kid gets it, it's pretty likely that a lot of kids that are around there are going to get it as well. Yeah. What are they? That's another thing. Like I think in the interview, you said that they kind of rub heads together or like that's so how do they get from head to like, I wonder, are these kids, what are these kids doing that their heads are banging up against each other? Right. You should know you have a kid. I, I know. Well, I was thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe they maybe if they're rolling around wrestling or something or yeah, I mean, so lice don't really jump. They don't have sort of the ability to, in sort of adult polite interaction, uh, travel from person to person. Mm-hmm. But kids are delightfully um, undeterred by doing things just because they're not socially appropriate. <laughs> so definitely fighting, rolling around, grabbing each other's hair, um, you know, rubbing up on stuff, but also in communal settings, just using the same things. You know, in these classrooms, you just have a lot of different kids from a lot of different um, backgrounds, not that lice are more or less likely to be in some, but just a, a large gathering of individuals spending a lot of time together and using the same thing. So anytime they sit on the same chairs, especially if they have fabric backing, you know, kids use the same toys and they, you know, then they put those in their head and in their pockets and in their mouths and um, using each other's combs or brushes um, when playing around that way. Um, I feel like we used to have stuffed animals in our class um, so they can be transmitted that way. Even, yeah, just on carpet. Um, So when people are sitting around and and listening to story time and someone lays down or something like that, all of these... Are, are opportunities for for that so if i um if i if you had lice and i put my hand in your hair just touched your head and then i kind of brushed my own hair back would that transmit or how, how crawly are they how how <laughs> i don't know that that in itself would transmit but if you did it a few times it might. It depends. It depends on a lot of things. It depends on you know how intent you are in petting me or rubbing your fingers <laughs> or whatever. Um, I'd be right? totally intent. I got to rub your right? head for no reason. Excellent. Um, it uh, you know it depends on if you're scratching as well. Um, and you know if you're getting like things under your nails. It depends on how bad my infestation is. If mine's just on the starting leading edge of it, maybe not, but middling or towards the end, definitely. Um, And if we were friends and it happened once and then it happened a few more times during the day and then the next day too, each one of those times makes it more (laughs) likely. At that point, yeah. At that point, (laughs) what the hell am I doing? But well, so then, so it's more likely then that if I'm at school and I have long hair and I'm sitting against a fabric chair, it somehow kind of falls onto that fat. Like, I guess I'm trying to figure out 
does it fall off of your head and onto fabric or is it you have to kind of really put your head up against it like do these yeah, things jump or they just kind of fall off or how are they moving around you know, my my recollection, I have a pretty clear memory of in our training being told that lice have this um, this want of sort of letting go and falling down. Um, that's sort of how their mode of transport works. I haven't looked that up. I don't feel super comfortable corroborating that. Um, <laughs> but, but they certainly don't. You know, they're they're like making their home and their environment in your head. They're not looking generally to escape first chance they get. They're not being held there against their will. So, you know, somewhat significant abrasion or time to where they get knocked off or, or they fall off or get rubbed up on there. But, you know, if you're just passing through, it's not, you're not going to be literally littering, you know, your, your wake with the bodies of lice. Um, So they're happy living in your head and it's really just if like you do something, they get frightened, they let go, they land on something else and they stay there for a while. And then do you know about how, again, you don't have to, don't worry, I'm not putting you up as the expert, but I was just kind of curious how, do they live sort of short lives or long lives or you don't know? You know, I feel like such a, like a silly human for not looking this up. Um, Their lives are are not terribly long but they're not days they're okay. they're within generally i think the weekend month range okay. um people are going to be like you asked him way too many questions about the specifics of <laughs> anyway <laughs> i'm afraid people are going to write in and say either like i'm a scientist and i know that this isn't true or my oh, mother God. was a louse and she lived for you know decades or something no so. people have no idea <laughs> We don't, we'll just, people know, I have, we have no idea what we're talking about. It's just more about the job and I'm digging into scientific details. It's my own fault. Um, Yeah, no, no, totally. Well, it's funny because I always thought there were always a couple of different kinds of parents and um, our scientific and, and medical training were almost nil, right? All of this was very casual, not to say that that can't be valid and and that can't be useful information, but it was definitely a range of parents who would ask a lot of detailed questions about the scientific fact of this. And it was fun to try to figure out why they were asking that and also to sort of adopt a posture that said, hey, you know, I'm a 20-something in your home here to pick bugs out of your cushions, but, you know, trust me on this backing. I I know what I'm talking about. So... (laughs) So how much did people, were people willing to pay you and how did it go? Like you you show up at their house and then what happens? Yeah. So, um, there was, I believe the going rate was a hundred bucks. Um, and we came for generally like a minimum of three to four hours. The first visit, you can have a couple of follow-up visits and the price would be knocked down a little bit each time. I'm not as clear on what the group discount would have been, but I feel certain that there would have been one. Um, I actually was never part of the team that went into the schools. Um, I feel most comfortable with a clear and quick escape route. And I loved it when the kids could sit in front of TV. So I normally signed up for all of the individuals, but um, you know, we got their address and I would generally call the folks in advance and say, Hey, this is who I am. And, um, this is sort of what the process is going to be like, try to, to sense out some feelers of how <laughs> livid or desperate or, or stressed out parents were. Um, and then we would get there. There would be sort of an awkward period where uh, we would sort of introduce ourselves to the kids and who were anywhere between 18, 20 months to, I'd say, maybe 13. Um, like little babies, then- 18 to 20 months? Yeah, I think so. Um, wow. these, that's based on hearsay from my coworkers. I never worked with anyone that young. But basically, if you have hair, it can happen. Yeah. And part of why it got started, the person who started that company, was because part of her bent was having sort of a natural line um, that was non-toxic uh, and non-corrosive to the health and minds of little humans. So, um, 
so yeah, so we would get there. There would be sort of the awkward dance of, okay, we're going to do our job, but we're in your home. Where are you going to stand? Are you going to sit in the same room with me? Are you going to go do your own thing? Um, and ideally, I would put on a movie um, or just somehow try to wrangle the kids down. And then basically, what I would do is start the process of meticulously combing through their hair, um, which takes hours, especially if your hair is long or if it's like natural and kinky or curly. Um, and it hurts. If you've ever seen a lace comb, the teeth of the comb are sort of serrated and, and it sort of shreds your hair, but it also pulls a lot. So we would have to go through and you take just a small bit of hair, you run it through from the scalp to the end, and then you have to clean the comb each time. So sort of like coloring your hair or um, having your hair braided, anything like that where you're covering the entire scalp in small sections, it can take quite a long time. And, and you know, folks are tenderheaded and bored and <laughs> already feeling weird. So, um, so it was always sort of a stressful time, but the parents seemed after the awkward first interactions of not knowing what to do, so grateful. And the kids were just so grateful at the end. So really, the grateful book ending is what got us through. And when you when you slide that comb out and there's things on it, is it the um, is it sort of the eggs or is it the lice themselves or is it a mix? Yep, mix total both of them. Um, and we would dip it in a solution that uh, kills the lice and and the eggs. And um, yeah, it would be both. So the idea is that you. You just can't miss an egg because the idea is if you have one egg, then you can start. It's, it's almost as if it didn't happen. You would have sort of a reinfestation, um, which is part of why it's so frustrating uh, to, to have license to try to get rid of it because you can do such a great job. You can do an amazing job that's better than 99% of all the other jobs. But if you still miss a little bit, then it's sort of for naught. Um, so, so yeah, so we would go through, um, clean it each time. And I would generally go through two to three times, uh, just to be sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's, actually, that was one of my questions is when you pull them out, where do you put them? So you put them into some kind of a liquid that just kills them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The commercial, the commercial products are pretty pretty toxic and and i'm not sure what the others were made out of but but yeah it's basically just to instantly kill them or at least make sure they don't crawl away until you can flush them down the toilet right and one of the things you said in the interview was that um they don't cause any medical issues besides maybe scabs on your head where they've bitten you do they bite am i just not remembering that yeah, they can bite. Um, I, my sense is, is that there's a range of how people react to the bites. Um, again, sort of like bed bugs or any other insects. Some people are quite sensitive and, and their skin will flare up. Some people aren't. Um, and you can also certainly get a lot of irritation from scratching. Uh, so if kids are scratching constantly. And then the process itself isn't super you know, healthy for your, your scalp and your hair. It's a lot of chemicals. It's a lot of like sharp combs. Um, and it's just a lot of attention on an area that sometimes doesn't get that much attention. So all of those things can generally make, make scalp sort of sore and red. Um, but, but yeah, medically there's nothing really that, that they do that's wrong or bad or, or will set you, set your eye. I was so okay. My my most important question is really just if my kid has lice, I'll know it, right? Like if I look at her scalp and I kind of pick through it a little bit just to make sure, like I I would know a lice if I saw it, a louse, I guess you say. <laughs> um, maybe it depends. Like so many things, it depends on so many things. Um, it depends on how often you're checking. I sort of think it depends on how bad you don't want it or how open you are to Aww. accepting that you might have it. Um, I, I would say if you do a few checks, um, you know, or a check rather every few months after after a bath. You should be able to know. It's never going to be crawling out. You're, it's not going to ever be at that sort of level. Or it, it's going to be quite rare. Um, but if you see something, you can pull it out. You can see them on your finger. You can tell that it's a bug. Yeah. Um, and if there's one, yeah. And if there's one, there's going to be two. Um, so if you just see one one speck of something, 
never find anything else you can you can rest assured but but if you see two which you will if you have lice then then it's quite likely okay and then and, last- and that, mm-hmm. yeah the, i was just said that the eggs are the, the they look like little small dots again you can see them they they are very small but uh, or i can see them i would assume that most folks can see them um so it's generally going to be a combination of both um yeah oh of eggs and bugs mm. mm-hmm Great. Yeah. <laughs> That's and right. When, as a part of the service, too, you um, you went and, like, would you just throw all their sheets in the wash, throw all the stuffed animals in the wash, or how thorough did you get with cleaning their house, too? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was more um, – I don't I think that I ever specifically put anything in the wash. I, I hate to say consulting, but it was more of a, a walking through of, like, how to, to clean the house after. So yeah, so um, bagging up and washing stuffed animals. Um, if you can have your your furniture sort of deep cleaned, um, all of the pillows, all the coverings and casings on things, um, hairbrushes, all of the hair accessories, um, carpets a big troublesome one, um, but but sort of walking through with folks to do that and and really going over follow up care because we would again occasionally come back for a second or third round if things were bad or 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 folks wanted that but but we could we walked them through how to do another thorough combing and so um sort of going over that you really just have to do everything you just sort of have to overwhelm it and the amount of times you do it, you just have to wash everything three or four times. It's so it's sort of enough to make you crazy, um, but but not wanting to miss anything, we tell folks to do it multiple times. Um, yeah, it's so. my worst nightmare. I I can barely get dinner on the table, and the idea of although I do think like I used to meditate a little bit and. I do think it would be sort of soothing to just sort of have my hands in my daughter's hair for a couple hours, but it would only be if I was forced. I, I just, oh, it's, I think my friend's kid had it and I just, oh, my heart just goes out to her because I just imagine, well, plus it's a psychological thing too, where I'd be like, mm-hmm. she's totally. going to lay in her bed. Did they get in her bed? <laughs> she's going to touch things. She's going to touch me, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, small living creatures on us and on people who live in our homes with us. It it is absolutely overwhelming. Um, You don't know where they are. You don't know (laughs) when they're moving. You don't know if you've gotten them all. Um, And there's sort of the icky feeling that a lot of people get with knowing that they're living things feasting on them um although that's happening all the time and you can never do anything about it but um (laughs) but but it is and it's you know, I would sort of um, roll my eyes sometimes, I think, when parents would call and I would think, oh, okay, you know, again, you could easily shave your kid's head or um, or, or really use this time to bond. But if, if you have a, a job or if you have other kids or I can easily imagine how all of the daily stuff that you need to do to run a household and a family – could be so overwhelming with this because it would take us hours and that's, but that would be the only thing that we were focusing on. So the, the thing with the, you can't half ass it. You can't just sort of casually comb their hair while you're also, you know, making your meal plan for the next week. You have to set aside four or five hours to do this several nights in a row. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so then you stopped doing it. Do you remember sort of like the last one you ever did or why did you stop doing it? Well, I stopped doing it because I left New York um, and that's where the job was. But I, I, <laughs> I do remember my last one. Um, totally, totally lovely lady. Um, totally nice little girl. I always thought the best ones were the ones though, where they were someone famous or quite wealthy. Um, and I, I did think that I could never top. We had like one of the editors of Vogue kid and it, it just felt nice because I feel like, um, there's just such this idea that only poor people get lice or something like that, as if they care at all about what your income is mm-hmm. or your tax bracket. So, so that was a nice sort of reminder that that is definitely not the case. Um, I mostly really liked it. I really like sort of gross, weird things, and I'm not 
so great with kids always. Like that's not how I get a lot of energy is interacting with little humans, but it is a really helpful thing. And I like being helpful and parents were generally so relieved. So that was really nice. Um, yeah. Do you ever think you'd do yeah. it again? Like if you were looking for a side job or even a full-time job, just like see if there's one where you are now. Yeah, I, I have looked when I have moved to new cities, I have definitely looked. Um, I think, I think that my ideal situation is I can just help out my community by making it known far and wide that I am able and willing to do this. And I'd be glad to help my friends and neighbors out, uh, for free, but I would also totally do it if someone wanted to pay me money. No problem. Yeah. Well, and a hundred bucks an hour is pretty good. That's, that's a good, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm sure it sounds easier than it is. Like you need extreme patience. And I'm sure was, were parents ever upset with you if you didn't get, if you had to come back cause they didn't get out the first time. Yeah. Parents would definitely be annoyed about that. Um, and I think that, I think that it's always a difficult and delicate conversation um, when you're dealing with little animals on other little animals and to, to have the conversation of we're doing the best we can. This is not a guarantee. This is a process you have to keep up. Also, if your kid got this at school, it's likely that even if we did do it fine, it could still happen. Um, and it requires a lot of particip participation on the parts of a lot of different uh, uh, actors. So all of the parents, all of the kids, all of the parents and all the kids at the school, all of the lice, all of the lice in your home and on the kids. So only all together working, are they going to be eradicated? So that's sort of a, a hard sell when you're the face of the lice to the parent and they are frustrated <laughs> and annoyed. And, um, but mostly people were totally understanding and very pleasant. Well, and that's if, if it takes five days or so to get it, are they, I, I mean, again, I don't know. I should know this. I don't know. But I, after one day of doing the picking, are they allowed to go back to school the next day or do they have to stay out the whole week while they're, that's a good question. That totally depends on the school district. Um, it, it totally depends where you go to school, uh, what their policy is. Schools generally do have a policy. Um, and yeah, and so I, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. Hopefully I'll never find out. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And I mean, I would imagine that it can't be so strict because um, – I don't know. I mean, just because of truancy laws, like you can't have kids out of school for that long. Maybe they teach them in isolation. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> they put them in a bubble. <laughs> They're like you. Yeah. Don't feel right. awkward about having lice, but here, just sit in this bubble for today. <laughs> right. We'll video conference you in from the cafeteria or something. But <laughs> um, but yeah, that's totally dependent on, on schools and how they deal with them. Yeah. Well, cool. Anything else you want to say about this job? Oof. Um... Yeah, it's a very open question. And if you're like, no, that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's see. What do I want to say? I want to say that I am always still will always be surprised at how many parents really were invested in not shaving their kids' heads. I didn't understand that. It seems like a rite of passage for me uh, or, or like, you know, it would have been. And, and they're kids and they're young and they're resilient. Um and also, you know, little animals crawling on us is totally a thing that happens being in this world. So don't worry too much about it if it happens to you. It I, is, it is, you can get through it. I and, did see an episode on The Amazing Race one time where it was like, they can fast forward to the next thing or whatever, but you have to shave your head. And it was this couple and they were like, oh, the girl was just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And she starts crying. <laughs> they were models, like they're professional models. And they they <laughs> sure. both melted down because they both had like these lovely locks. And oh, like, really? Yeah, they were like, we can't do it even for a million dollars. And so they get back in the race. And this other couple rolls up like a few minutes later. And they're like, shit, yeah, we'll shave our heads. <laughs> like, we don't yeah. care. I sort of feel like I am ready. I like I want an opportunity like that to shave my head. I don't know that I have enough self motivation to go do it on my own. But I sort mm -hmm. of want a reason to I've never shaved my head. Yeah. Um, but it feels like that could be fun or interesting. Also, I have totally worn a wig for multiple days in a row, and it's doable. Worst case scenario. <laughs> totally well, do you, doable. You have curly hair, don't you? 
You have curly. I do. I have curly hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You have cool hair. Um, <laughs> That's I, true. It is cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I'm, okay. So I'm sorry. I totally interrupted. Oh, wait. I just have to tell one more story and then you can go back to yeah, I, But I was thinking for some reason when you were talking about just bugs crawling on people, I remembered like one time I was in the car. I was probably 10 years old, eight years old. I don't know. I was in the back seat of a car of our car my parents were driving and my brother mm-hmm. was sitting next to me and i guess we had been or he'd been at a golf course or i don't know somewhere in the woods okay. <laughs> and uh all of a sudden he he starts screaming <laughs> and in and, and like flailing his body all around and it was because he had a tick burrowed into his belly button and we had to take <gasps> no. like, yes and i i don't know why my parents didn't smoke but they had my mom had matches in her purse maybe like we were on a long trip so we pulled over and we would my dad would like light a match blow it out and then <laughs> stick the match on the <laughs> bug on the belly button and they did that multiple times till finally it it fell off i guess but then he my poor brother just for the rest of the day just kept like <laughs> you know, at his belly button. Oh my God, sure, I can't imagine. Did that feel good as the sibling to sort of get some payback? Or (laughs) were you just totally weirded out and grossed out too? Oh, I wonder if he's going to listen to this. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) At the time, it was, well, it's just one of those things where you're like, what is going on? What is a a tick? What is, you know, why am I, why are we burning his belly button? The whole thing was just so bizarre. I didn't really have time to react other than to just go like what's going on and I didn't even think I think I never even thought like oh I wonder if there's any on me I think it was just like well he was in the woods so he had better check now make sure there's none anywhere else on his body I don't know yeah I mean my heart goes out to him that sounds significantly worse uh (laughs) well you don't know my brother but no I'm just kidding (laughs) Oh, yikes. yes, my heart goes out to him too. So I'm but I'm sorry, you were saying, uh, uh, I don't know, little ones, little animals on other little animals. Yeah, that's just part of like, the human experience, the animal experience. Um, and I yeah, there's no way that you can live your life in isolation. And it, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen to you or it's gonna happen to someone you know. Um, but you can totally get through it. Um, and I would also say that um, a lot of folks spend a lot of money um, on um, the sort of over-the-counter uh, lice removal kits. And I mean, they're not extraordinarily expensive, but people definitely, you know, freak out and buy many, many uh, sets of them. Um, and they, they are pretty harsh. I mean, they are just things to kill everything that they come in contact with. Um, but don't, so overloading with that isn't always the best plan, even though I'm definitely the kind of person who generally just throws a lot of things at something and, and hopes that that'll do it. It's, it's mostly about the combing and it's mostly about, um, ensuring that you remove all of the nits, um, the, the little eggs, the little guys and the lice. So, so focus your energy there instead of on the, the other things, just because the chemicals aren't great for, for, you know, the environment and also can be really irritating to, to head and little eyes and, and that sort of thing. All right. So take your time, get a lice comb. In fact, I already, that's a good segue. I already have one because uh, actually we have two. Well, Paco lost his. So um, oh. <laughs> yeah, so just to share with the listener, um, Paco, my great friend Paco flew to Chicago and took your picture for the book. Could you, I, I didn't really ask him because he, he photographed like six people in a week. So I never really got to talk to him in depth about any one shoot uh-huh. how did your thing go where did you guys end up like I love the pictures but I, how, how did you make it happen it was totally cute um I am glad to report that my first photo shoot uh was totally fine on my part um we you know we met up and poor Paco hadn't it sounds like had anything to eat or drink in <laughs> half a day so <laughs> we sort of conferenced at a coffee shop and he told me about all the other amazing things that people had done and were doing that he was going to go take pictures of later. And I thought, oh, man, 
I'm going to really have to beef up this life story, life story. Um, but he, let's see, we went to an old theater, um, and took some pictures and everyone there was very nice. Um, and they actually had a, a bar there because they still do shows. And thankfully he got me some beers and I thought, oh, I thought they only did this in movies, but thank God I'm going to have some beers so I can calm down. So we did that. <laughs> and then we drove, we drove to the gold coast, which is, um, as it sort of sounds an incredibly wealthy and uh, storied money part of Chicago. Chicago, um, and actually took a lot of the pictures just sort of outside of the buildings um, that had like nice lighting and, and things like that. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I had no idea. That's yeah. I mean, because he had just flown in that day, I guess maybe that's why he didn't eat. <laughs> and then he yeah, had, yeah, right. You <laughs> were the right. first thing I think that afternoon when he flew in. So well, mm-hmm. thank you so yeah, much for doing it. Personable. Yeah, no problem. It was so fun. Um, yeah. And he was really great. I think it was as comfortable as it could have been. I am someone who historically hasn't loved having pictures taken of me. Um, and I'm working a lot on it and I've come so far. Um, but I definitely had some flashbacks to family vacations, um, (laughs) where my father was yelling about the like seventh funny thing only to him that he wanted to do that of course was mortifying to me. Um, but but it was totally fine and totally cute. And I thought it turned out really well. I Yeah, I think the pictures I saw, I really liked. So, um, but yeah, I totally, I actually at the last shoot that we did, I was like, I need a picture of me for this one little section in the front. So could you take some pictures of me? And I said, I thought it would be funny if, um, if like my husband holds a fan in my face and I flip my hair like I think I'm beautiful. Oh and yeah, like you're in a shampoo commercial or exactly. something, right? Exactly. And yeah. And he, the funny thing is, then he showed me the layout and he used a completely different picture. Like he tricked me because he was taking pictures. He was adjusting the flash on another photo shoot. Like I was dressed like a mailbox. Anyway, he was adjusting you were the dressed camera like a mailbox. That's a whole other, oh my God, I need to send you, I don't want to ruin the book by showing the pictures yet, but I should send, I'll send you a picture of me dressed like the mailbox. It's pretty great. Um, But yeah, he, he was like, just, I, I didn't put the mailbox outfit on yet. So he was just like testing the flash and I'm totally like growling. <laughs> And he used that picture instead. Anyway, but I like it. I'm I'm like, I guess that's my face. So I know what you mean about having your picture taken. I love that. I can't wait for you as a mailbox to be the next, like, Tresemme (laughs) person. (laughs) That would be so good. Oh, it's a very strange. Oh, anyway. All right, let's see. Oh, and I have uh, just a couple other questions. I um, sure. I did notice, so I went on the McSweeney site to find the interview again and read it after all these years. And uh, I saw that you had posted something on there, maybe with somebody else. And it was like, why we're not getting our graduate degree or something? Or what? what do you remember what that was? Was that you? Yeah, that was me. I did that with my good friend, Jill. And we it was they they used to I mean, I haven't read McSweeney's in a while, but they used to do a lot of lists. Yeah. And we made a list that was 10 reasons that we're not going to grad school. And it was just the most the set of the most ridiculous, um, meaningless, academic words that we had heard um, in school or read about. Um, and those were the reasons that we weren't going to grad school was this totally inaccessible, ridiculous language uh, that you get sort of sucked into in academia. Um, are you in grad school now? <laughs> I'm not. I, I never <laughs> went to grad school. I mean, I'm getting ready to go to nursing school. But oh. that feels a little different. Um, and... But and and she never went to grad school either, so we really stuck it to him. Okay, good. I've never used anti-Hegelian in my life ever. <laughs> never will. <laughs> I thought for sure I was going to catch you in something. I was going to be like, "Look, you're in grad school, aren't you?" <laughs> no, you're not. No, I'll have them take that down before. <laughs> no, I won't. I um, but that's yeah. That was us. That was funny. Cool. So you, you are you're becoming a nurse. Is that what you're doing? I mean, I am starting the long process of it. So I'll probably end up going next year is when I'll start. Um, so 
How long yeah. does that take? I'm sorry. I won't bug you too much about this. So I'm just kind of curious. No, that's okay. Um, well, I already have my bachelor's and a lot. Uh, there's a huge demand for nurses and yeah. there's a big demand, I guess, always for nursing school to get as many people in as possible. So they have uh, what's called accelerated programs. Um, so normally to get a a BSN, your bachelor's in nursing, um, it would be four years. These accelerated programs essentially use part of your credits that you got in your first undergraduate degree and then just sort of pile on the nursing stuff at the end. So they're about 16 to 18 months full time. Hmm. Um, yeah. And um, they're fast. Uh, you, you can do nursing sort of certainly other ways, but um, like many uh, fields, there has been a push to, to require more and more education. So I think now sort of a bachelor's is seen as sort of the, the ground floor. Although certainly a lot of people can and do get associate's degrees and are totally great, amazing nurses. Yeah. And you can stand blood and guts and all that? Like you're okay? Oh my God. I love blood and guts and all that. <laughs> I... <laughs> I keep waiting to find the thing that I'm not into. Um, generally, people have at least one thing that they like can't deal with, right? They can't. There, you call them for anything except for eyeballs. You call them anything except for vomit. But I haven't found mine yet. Um, and then a more positive spin that I could put on that is I recently read an article that was talking about health professionals and how they generally find a body fluid that they sort of click with and that sort of speaks to them in sort of a philosophical way. Um, so some people just really beeline to phlegm or some people really find a lot of poetic meaning in blood. And so I maybe instead of finding the thing I can't deal with, I'm excited to find sort of the one that I click the most with. That's disgusting. So, <laughs> well, how did you, is there something, what made you, have you always been into that kind of thing since you were a kid? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's something maybe you're born with. I, I don't know. I never hear of anyone wanting to cultivate that, but um, yeah, I think that I've always been into that sort of stuff. You know, you keep making me think of gross stories from my childhood. I I, I shouldn't even tell this story. <laughs> But no, I you should. I mean, I just do what you want. But. Yeah, I can't. No, I can't not think of it now. And of course, now I have to say it. And I still can't believe this happened. But maybe you'll say, oh, that happened to me, too. And then I'll feel better. <laughs> I, I lived across the street from this girl. And I would just go over and we would like sit on her front porch and trade stickers for our Annie sticker books or something. Anyway, and okay. I went over there one day. And she's like, I have something to show you. And I was like, okay. And she ran in the house and then she came out and she had this big jar full of pee and poop and just was like so proud of it. Oh my God. Are you serious? Like, Her pee and poop? I, I assume so. <laughs> <laughs> no, somebody else's. Same. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where she got All it. in the same jar? together yeah like it was just floating you know poop floating in a pee what did her face look like when she showed you was she like proud of it or absolutely yes (laughs) do you remember what you said oh I was just gonna say like a terrible pun as oh holy shit no I was just like (laughs) I don't know as a kid I was like hmm you know like hmm yeah like that is why are you, why do you have that? You know, I, I don't know if I said, why do you have that? And she just like, you know, it's one of those things that the only thing that sticks in my head is just like, what the hell? You know, why? Right. That I is so funny. First of all, I feel so fortunate and grateful that you told me that. That has really. <laughs> you and the seven other people who listen to this. <laughs> anyway, but so I that never happened you to you? Half of all of us. No, that has never happened to me. Not yet, anyway. Um, but that also, yeah, is one of those fun, weird stories where looking back, you think, oh, if I were like an adult, I would have a lot more questions than one to maybe <laughs> talk to her parents or something. Yes. Um, oh, my God, that's never happened to me. Um <laughs> Mm-mm. The only things that I hear people putting in jars are sometimes like um, fingernails or if they pick out their hair for whatever reason or maybe like skin like that you pick off the end of your feet. But I've never heard that one ever. But maybe, you know, she was just a conservationist ahead of her time and <laughs> no. didn't 
No. <laughs> no? Okay, just no. gross. Okay. <laughs> but did you, wait, what are you talking about people picking skin off their toes and putting it in a, in a you've I heard mean, of that? I, I, yeah, I feel like there have been a handful of times that I've read about or heard about people having jars of bodily things. Um, and it's, it's always something like that. It's, it's, it's never peeing poop. <laughs> Actually, um, I did when I was a kid, I would, when I bit off my nails or when I cut my toenails, I would, oh no, that's disgusting. Sorry. No, I, when I cut my toenails, my dog would come running and eat them. Like, I remember that he really loved them for some reason. I don't See, I'm trying to see so if I can much. Get... He wanted you to be part of him. <laughs> oh, I never thought about it like that. Oh, but no, actually, oh my God. All right. I'm just going to keep telling childhood stories. I, we were at the beach one time. And I didn't want to go in the water, and my dad kind of made me, and I walked in, and th- I don't know how this would ever happen either, but again, I was a kid, I don't know, and but uh, like a shell went under my big toenail and popped it off somehow, <gasps> and I, of course, I screamed and cried and ran up the beach, and they, like the lifeguard put a Band-Aid on it or something, but within a few days, it fell off, and I put uh-huh. it in a jar, because I was going to bring it to show and tell, but then I went, I had it sitting on the table next to the couch in the jar it was like a pill bottle maybe and my, okay. d- my toenail loving dog knocked it off the table no! and ate it <laughs> oh you're show and tell how could he I know. oh were you devastated i totally was i was like i was gonna show the whole class my toenail which they're that <laughs> they're the adults is probably gonna be like what are you bringing a toenail in for show and tell <laughs> but my parents were like, yeah, that's cool. Go ahead and bring your toenail in for show and tell. So who and knows? No. Maybe it was just the 70s were yeah. just a weird time. That is totally fine and totally great and good for your parents. I also lost a toenail. Um, I was building a castle in my parents' basement using free weights. And I dropped one on my big toe and my big toenail eventually popped off. Mm. Um, and it, it fell off. I, I will remember this day until I die. I was swimming in the YMCA pool and I had just got like the okay to swim into the deep end because I passed the swimming test and it fell off and I went and I got it and I held on to it for, for months. Um, and I think that I eventually like misplaced it or maybe my mom found it and threw it out and tried to forget about it or something. But, but yeah, I held on to it and I would look at it every day. Oh, look at it every day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Did you have any siblings that were like, why do you keep looking at your toenail? (laughs) It was a private thing. (laughs) I I could tell enough to know that that wasn't something to spread around. Um, I do have an older sibling. I don't remember if I showed it to him, but I don't, but I know that if I did, he probably would have been like, all right, but wouldn't have encouraged like a multiple viewing of it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not into encore, but yeah. I okay last story I don't know why sure. you're bringing it out in me but like uh, my bro I had two older brothers and I had this well this is really oh my god I'm exposing all these anyway I had this blanket it was just a small blanket whatever I don't know five by five four by four blanket and I used to take the corner of the blanket and stick it up my nose <laughs> sorry up your wait, you you faded out. Up Sorry, your nose, up your I mouth? used to stick it up my nose. I would put the corner of the blanket up my nose, and then wrap my hand around it and suck my thumb. And oh, the, cute. Okay, it's disgusting. The corner of the blanket would get all crusty, and sure. I loved it like that. And my mom would run it through the wash every once in a while, and I would be so pissed because I had gotten such a good crust on it. And then one day, my brothers put that corner of the blanket under the couch corner, and one brother sat on the couch while the other brother tore the corner off of the blanket. Yeah. And then I tried to use that little scrap, but it just wasn't the same. (laughs) No. How could that ever be the same after that? How could they do that to you? Was Uh, this before or after the tick? I hope it was before, and I hope they remembered that. (laughs) I think it was before. (laughs) Oh, what did you use after that? Oh, well, then it was, you know, I was 15, so no, I was probably eight. I think I just, I had to get, I had to wean myself off of it. I couldn't do it. It was sad, but eh, 
you know, they were trying oh. to toughen me up, I guess. And we get along great now. <laughs> so I'm That's just gonna... great. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you saw it through to the end. But <laughs> yeah. Did you ever have a blanket when you were a kid? I don't remember having a blanket. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think that I ever had anything like that that I carried around. Um, How about bed sheets that you really liked? Any good bed sheets? Like any with- good bed what? Bed sheets. Sorry, like I, I think I had no, yeah, Holly Hobby or something. Um, I feel like I did, although I'm struggling to think of them now. I used to have and still do, and use it for like a lawn blanket when I see movies in the city during the summer. Um, a cool Smurf uh, um, sleeping blanket. bag that I always really liked. Oh, sleeping um, bag. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got to send me a picture of that so I can post it with your interview. I'll try to push my dog off of it. She lays on it a lot now. But um, yeah, I'm sure that I did. And I know I'm going to hang up and think, oh, right, my beautiful vaulted sheets that I loved and didn't forget. (laughs) But that's such a good question. And I'll I'll call my mom and I'll ask. (laughs) Okay, that'll be a good follow up for for people who listen to the podcast. We'll keep them in suspense. (laughs) Perfect. Ah, well, thank you. So funny. I, I just really like talking to you. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so fun. Um, I appreciate your honesty and your forthright. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Sure. My- yeah, and I'm so excited. I am so excited. I think what you're doing is totally great and a lot of fun. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Hey, everybody. It's Suzanne here. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you again for listening and uh, just beg you for a quick favor. If you are enjoying these or if you hate them, (laughs) please go on uh, iTunes and just click a rating number like the little stars. Um, You don't have to put your name. It's not going to show up. It's anonymous if you just click the stars. And it helps me because there's some chance that, you know, I could get shown on the new and noteworthy section which is what everybody's trying to do so um if you have your phone there just open the podcast app search for you got jobbed click the logo and then you'll see a rating and review tab and then click the five stars and then start cursing because you don't have your apple password and you can't remember what you reset it to that last time you were trying to figure it out anyway uh it's a huge favor i know but i would hugely appreciate it and Hopefully you can't hear my husband and daughter yelling in the background. It's her weekly shower. (laughs) Did you hate taking a shower as a kid? I totally hated it. And now it's transferred to my child. So I should go help with that. But again, thank you. Please rate and review. Please, please, please have a great week. Bye.